Hey guys, and welcome to The Messy Table, where life isn't always perfect, but God is doing important work. I'm Jen, and I just want to say welcome from my messy table to yours. So, okay, this might be a small milestone to you, but I'm going to get excited anyway. You are listening to episode number 10, woohoo, which means I haven't quit yet, and we've made it from zero when there was nothing to 10 messy yet beautiful conversations where some amazing women have opened up their hearts to share the good, hard, and ugly stuff in their lives so that God would be glorified. My goal is always, always for us to bring some real life to the table, remember what really matters, point ourselves back to God, and encourage each other along the way. So to help me celebrate today, we're doing something a little different. I've got four friends joining me, Rachel Ricker, LaTanya Pratt, Jessica Garris, and Kat Robinson, more affectionately known as The Panel. These are gorgeous, down-to-earth, solid, trustworthy, and passionate women, all wives and mamas. Some work full-time, some are stay-at-home moms, one works from home. We all have different backgrounds, but the thing that truly unites us is the common mission and adventure of following Jesus. Let me tell you, one-on-one friendships are great, but there's something powerful about a village, a tribe, a group of people united around one pulse. I have several of these communities in my life. My family, my church family, six couples from college, my life group, the panel who you get to hear from today, and I simply would not be the same person without them. Life is better together, but that doesn't mean we have it all together at all. The village makes me better because I'm supported, I'm challenged, and I'm encouraged, even through my own imperfections and sin. And believe me, there's plenty of that. By myself, I'm incredibly limited and selfish and just alone. But together, life is richer and sweeter and way more full. Well, the panel came over to my house for Mexican food before recording this episode. And just to give you a full disclosure, we all came to the table a little beat up. Like, what in the world do I really have to add to this conversation? What do I bring to the table other than the mess? What could I say that would encourage someone right where they are? And really, I think we were reminded that it's our own real lives that speak the loudest. Not some polished or perfect version of ourselves, but the actual real thing. So, grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join the panel for episode number 10 at The Messy Table. Well, hey, friends. Hey, Jen. So today we're doing something totally different. We're doing a little Q&A with the panel. And before we get to what the panel is, I want everyone listening to know who they're hearing from. So if you guys would just give a quick little introduction of who you are and what you're about. Well, I'm Kat. I've been married for seven and a half years, and we have a five-year-old, a four-year-old in a few days, and a two-year-old. And they're crazy. I'm LaTanya. I still have my husband, and I have three little boys. They all have K names, like their dad, Ken Vaughn, and um, not much has changed for me either. So, <laughs> since episode number since one. episode since number one, I'm the same earlier. person. <laughs> I'm Rachel, and I have been married for almost eight years. We have our first little girl last year. She's about to turn one, and so. Fun little family of three, and I work at Life Church and get to know all these fun girls through church. So, love this group. Ooh. My name is Jessica, and uh, my husband's name is Brad, and we've been married for um, almost six years. And we had our first little one, Colt, turn one year old um, a couple weeks ago. So we're Yay. learning to walk right now and chew and spit things out. So it's, it's an adventure. 
And if you don't know me, I'm Jen and I host this podcast and my husband and I have been married for 11 years. We have two kids who are very spicy and my husband is a pastor at Life Church and I am a full-time mama at this point and piddle with stuff like this every now and again. So, well, you might be wondering, what is the panel? Jess, you started this whole big mess. <laughs> I did. And so what is the panel and what compelled you to bring us all together? Yeah, such a good question. Um, I think that we think we, it was about four years ago. Um, and every year as a staff, um, everyone here is connected to Life Church through some way, um, do a 21-day um, fast at the beginning of the year. And I just didn't want to do it by myself. So it was kind of a selfish <laughs> thing. Um, and so I knew Jan and Rachel and Kat, um, we're kind of all at the same campus in Latonia, and her husband came along. Um, so I was real close to Kat and Jen and Rachel, and I just honestly always wanted Latonia to be my friend. So I secretly, I secretly asked her to come in um, because I wanted to be cool by knowing her. And, so, and we've been here ever since. Yes. And so the panel, we pretty much use each other for all kinds of things, from questions about kids or husbands or faith or... Farming with cat. Right? It's the right. press tree. You can throw out all your weird and get a solid answer. That's right. <laughs> Judgment-free zone. It is. Like it it is. It Lots is. of emojis. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we all know that nobody's perfect, but it's easy to look around everybody else on Instagram or just your neighbor and feel like they all have it all together and it might even seem like we have it all together but that's just a big lie and so instead of starting out with the highlight reel we're going to start out with the low light reel I guess is that what you would call it (laughs) and so I want to know what is something you're really bad at or something that you've just totally screwed up recently Mm. mine is follow up I love people so much that whenever I get like a text message or something, I see it come through and I don't want to read it until I have the time to sit down and give them a genuine answer. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is (laughs) I got the text message on Monday and I know I'm going to see you at church on Sunday. So I'm scrambling on Saturday Mm -hmm. answering all those text messages. And I feel like, man, like... That is just horrible. So mine is follow-up. But like, if you're not as important, you probably get a quick text message. Oh, I should have said that. Well, I was going to say, I think it's like, well, yeah, I don't have to really no think about that one. Or at fall. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> but that's my thing, follow-up. Hmm. I get that. I feel that way about um, like social media messages. If you contact me on there, I probably will get back to you next year. Like, I just ignore oh, them. That yes, messenger, me you might too. as well not even contact me on messenger because right. I can't even figure it out. Like, you have to go to another app and, yeah, don't even. <laughs> you don't want to talk to me if you call me about that day. I think I've kind of learned um, mom fails on my first year. Um, so I was kind of thinking through what that looked like. I remember the one time I was trying to be really sweet and so anytime Colt would wake up in the middle of the night I would turn the monitor down because my husband's a police officer and works weird hours so I'd want him to sleep and I'd go you know check Colt and then come back well there was one night that I didn't turn it back up and it was like eight hours later and he had to be a couple months old and I wake up at like 10 a.m. just in a panic <laughs> because Man, I did not awesome. <laughs> he did not ever I never heard him and I went and I looked and the volume was turned all the way down and I maybe said a word and jumped out of bed (laughs) 
and ran in there and he was asleep at that point so right. I think he gave up on me after a while um, and then just today just for this podcast I learned that we had spoiled milk that I fed my child three bottles of <laughs> today and hadn't smelled it so my husband made a bottle tonight and was smelling the milk and he's like this milk is really sour <laughs> not and it was <laughs> and he's been grumpy all day so i think his stomach hurts poor Aww. guy poor guy mom fail that's okay he's a yeah he they're resilient but that's totally me right now which colt and charlotte my little girl are about a month apart and so there's literally a 30 to 45 minute window in the morning where zach goes to work before we head out the door and i found her in the shower one day and have I've dug dog food out of her mouth two days in a row. So it's like I've said for, since she was born, Zach is the better parent. But like I literally can't be trusted right now <laughs> for forty five minutes in the morning. Like she eats dog She'll food and gets so in the shower. Strong. She'll be but alive. she's yeah. awesome and she's alive and it's great. But the mom fails lately. Just yeah, definite insecurities and comparisons for sure. I'd say for me, enthusiasm kicks my tail daily. Like, I will commit to something because it sounds great <laughs> and I want to do it. Micah is very tolerant because I'll start a project and we have a 90-10 rule. As long as he'll back me, as long as the percent of ones that fail or don't ever get to finished are not more than 10%. Like, I have to keep a balance of, okay, you want, you want 35 more chickens? Okay, what about the last few things you said you wanted Oh, right. <laughs> okay, well, let's think about it. But I'm not great at that. So probably about a month ago, you guys already know the story, but I'll retell it. Um, I was actually in the shower. It was before the kids were up, and my husband comes in from, I guess, looking at a stack of bills, and he puts a piece of paper up to the glass, and it says, real big at the top, debt collector. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> We got a letter from a debt collector. This is bad. And so I'm like, you know, I have no idea what this is about. What what in the world? And he looks at me and he's like, first letter I've ever gotten from a debt collector. Do you know what it's for? And I'm just racking my brain thinking, what did I do? Because it obviously was something (laughs) I did. And it was for library fines for children's books in the amount of $400. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And um, so, yeah, that was a really big fail. So what happened (laughs) was that we'd gone to the library, I don't know, a little while before that, apparently, and they both had their stack of books that they put in their own places, and I just out of sight, out of mind, and... Luckily, I went to the library crying, and they forgave my debt. Praise Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Jesus is still on the cross. There's a whole Just sermon daily. Really. Dying for our sins. I had, pay, I had to pay like 10 bucks because they had to submit it to the auditor or, or the debt collector or whatever it. it was. But I was like $10 over 400 So, yeah, that was a bummer. All right, so that's some of our messy behind the scenes. Now, what's something that you do consistently that no one else sees that actually contributes to your overall health or joy or success? Basically, a discipline that's made a big difference in your life. Well, I don't know. um, I'm a super extrovert, and then I stayed home with kids, and there was a big change of culture there for me. But I think I've kind of mellowed out a little bit since then. But the biggest thing that I do for our family that helps is just we do less. I say no to a lot. Like, we don't do 
very many birthday parties. We don't have, they don't have any activities yet. We don't, we just mm-hmm. don't do, and my oldest is a very introverted kid. And so it was, at first it was to protect him, but it kind of just has, like we've just slowed down the pace of, I think a lot of people around us. And I don't regret it at all. <laughs> We're a little less stressed out, out in the country dealing with chicken poop or whatever like it's we're already weird so I can get past that part but not weird it helps me by the time we hit Sunday morning or whatever I'm not just overwhelmed thinking about all these things I have to do next week because it's something I chose to do but there's there's wiggle room I'm Mm -hmm. not like butted up to more activities but it's good no it's a good habit I think for me I love to be active and work out and so I need that in my life I can tell when I don't have Mm -hmm. that for sure so personally just working out and staying in that routine and since Mm -hmm. becoming a mom the routine has changed it's not the same time every day but it's consistent and I just figure out where it can fit and try to be more days out of the week than not but for our family I'm like cat in the sense that we don't necessarily say less or say no to less but we have to look at the calendar. So for mm-hmm. me, a discipline is checking our calendar monthly for big things that we need multiple days to plan. Mm-hmm. Then we check it weekly and we communicate. And so mm-hmm. just my husband and I, neither one, have nine to five jobs. And now with a child, making sure she's taken care of can sometimes involve three different families. And right. so it's scheduling mm-hmm. everything. So for us, big discipline is schedule checking and communication making sure we go into the week or into the month knowing exactly where it has to fit and who has to do what and um that's big for us no surprises neither one of us are good with surprises right it's good yeah rachel's always definitely been an inspiration to me um for working out and that's something that um i've had a big year with you know my husband changing jobs and um, he's actually gone four or five nights a week and then i have colt um, and some other things. And so I just got out of routine. Um, and so since I've had him, I just haven't been in the gym. And I think I've felt that. And I think that's affected me in more ways than I've realized. And um, have had great intentions and, you know, started to make plans and just could never make it work. And even had mom guilt of working out too late in the evening and not getting cult in time, you know, mm. so then I wouldn't work out. Um, but then coming to realize, I think the turning point for me was Ashley Armstrong's podcast that you did. And she was pretty much like, no excuses. Don't give me excuses. I'm like, you're right. No excuses. Let's go. <laughs> Man, and so she's hardcore. She is. Um, but it's just a couple weeks in and it's, you know, going for three times a week. It's, you know, what mm-hmm. I can do right now. But, um, you know, love to check in with Rachel and see what she's doing. That always encourages me to do more. So it's a newer behind the scenes. We're trying to get back in the rhythm. But I think that's a big piece for me is mm-hmm. to really get that going again. That's good. Um, I would say mine are pretty similar to to y'all's as far as exercising and just really creating space, looking at the calendar, and I will plan days that we don't have anything, and I'll plan it like an appointment. So like Mm -hmm. almost to where, yes, we already have plans, even if there are no Mm -hmm. plans, Um, especially on family days whenever I know we're not going to have a lot of family days in a row, or we're not, you know, especially for the kids, like if dad's out of town or we just have a lot of activities, I'll... I'll plan those in. And then other than that, I think I went through a season where it was just hard to read the Bible. You know, it was just hard to make time for that. And then I remember I had a friend that said, I cannot not, how can you not, you know, because my day is so much worse when I don't. And I did start a habit of just, I will not click on a social media button or on an email until I've 
and it might not, it might just be a little chunk of scripture, but until I've gotten into the word that way. So even if I don't have a lot of time, that is a habit that I'm in now. And so whenever I go against that, I can feel it, you know, and not because I'm trying to be legalistic, but just because I, I notice the difference. Yeah, that's so good. I just heard this weekend from a friend that we all know, um, but just talking about 30 minutes a day, like find 30 minutes a day to be um, in the word, in prayer, journaling and just listening and kind of breaking it up into three 10 minute segments. And they were just talking about, um, if you'll change that 2% of your life, it will totally change 100%. If you can change that 2%, mm-hmm. your 100% of your life will be completely changed by just making a small discipline with 2%. And that so really that. stuck with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like the breaking like it up into too. three 10 minute segments. That's, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> and it just being the quality time too. Mm-hmm. Cause I've noticed with me, when I'm tired, exhausted, and Colt's in bed, and Brad's at work, that I'm watching TV or I'm reading a right. book, and I've really felt the pull lately. Of God's like, that is not what. That's not bringing you rest. Right. Mm-hmm. That's you know your view of rest or society's mm-hmm. view of rest, but that's not the rest I have for you. That's good. And just having that quality, quality time to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're all wives and moms and many other things, um, but we are Jesus followers first. So let's kind of talk about the spiritual side of things for a second. And I'm not talking about like religious activity, more of just the real stuff. So when do you feel closest to God? I feel closest to God in praise and worship. I feel like at first when I, I mean, I've been in church all my life and I would listen to praise and worship and I would just love the beat of a song or like words to a song would Mm -hmm. be great. But I feel like I remember the moment, like when worship became real to me Mm -hmm. and Heather, we were at South Tulsa Mm -hmm. and Heather was singing the desert song. And we literally had my dad's funeral the day before. And she started singing like, all of my life, in every season, I've got a reason to sing. I have a reason to mm-hmm. worship. And I just feel like from that moment, mm-hmm. I could connect with a, a worship song. I feel no one around me. I see no one around me. My arms are raised. I am so close to God. I could feel, and it sounds so crazy, but it's like I could feel my parents. Like I mm-hmm. am there. And I feel like when Pastor Craig was speaking about Goosebump God, I feel so honored that God chose me to give me the strength to be able to go through a couple of the things that we've gone through and not ever have to worry about feeling that goosebump God because I feel like I get goosebump God every single Sunday when I hear praise and worship song. It's like literally I'll listen to the words and I'm like, yes, he's never failed me yet. Why? What is wrong with me? Like every single moment, like I am sitting at the throne and I I love praise and worship. Now a quiet time. That's a little different. Um, I'm going to have to take up that 10 minutes three times a day, maybe. Because the quiet time I've been in the car listening to that sweet man read in two times. You know how you can speed him up? It still counts. Just like, can you speak any faster? Can you get the chapter? A long time ago, people didn't have their own Bibles, and so it was always read out loud. See? That's okay. See? Amen. I think mine is, I mean, it's kind of tied to that, because I get to help lead worship at church, but lately... It's, it's more doing something scary that God asked me to do. Like, it's that same feeling that you're talking about. It's like... Do it scared. Yeah, something that I would never have done. And you know that the Spirit tells you to do something, and you're like, okay, fine. And you do that, and that feeling right there, for whatever reason, is just like crack. 
I guess. I mean, I don't know. I've never. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Just like crack. And then I'm you want to say, you never, yeah, you look at me. Blame it on the black girl. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, then you tell us about it. We'll make it weird. No. <laughs> I remember I cracked. No one here's done crack. I'm just like, <laughs> No, I just, I just think that it's, I don't know, it's that same feeling where you just feel like you're, you're right in his will, like right where you're supposed to be, that kind of comfort that doesn't make any sense, the peace that nobody understands, you know, Mm -hmm. I like that. What does that look like for you, Jen? I love to be outside and outdoors, and so I think I'm reminded of just how gigantic he is, just in the ocean, in the mountains, just being outside, hiking Mm -hmm. when I'm, you know, it's night, looking at the stars, just going, man, like I am so tiny because I think sometimes when we're in our own little world, it just becomes our own little world and it's all about me and I can be so selfish. And so I think scripture tells us that his invisible qualities are clearly seen throughout nature. And so I think that that's a huge way for me to see him. And then also I'm a big question asker and a big wrestler like with God. I like to, I guess if I'm going through a season of doubt, um, which probably is decently often, honestly, um, of just, you know, questions like, God, I don't get this or I don't understand this or why this or, um, you know, I think I've come to a point in my faith where I'm comfortable wrestling with him and and I feel like in just really gentle, weird ways, I feel like he gives me um, some pushback and um, sometimes some slivers of answers in just, again, in just little bitty ways that, that are just pressing upon my own heart. And I think for me, that's when I feel that God is right there. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Rach? Yeah, that's so similar. I grew up in the country where you can just see the stars. And I just, so I'm like you. I love getting out in nature. I love seeing God's vastness and his bigness. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I'm one... I am very selfish. I can really get wrapped up in my schedule and what I'm going to do and my plan. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I really step outside that and see God's bigness and then also take time truly just to um, journal and thank him. A lady who mentors me just really encouraged me one time and pushed me to just go to the Lord wanting nothing. Mm. Go to the Lord and praise him for who he is and thank him for every blessing big or small so when I take time to do that and just thank God for who he is it reminds me changes your perspective God is perfect he is the perfect of our faith he is the creator of the universe he's answered prayers so small that I don't notice it in the moment to so big how do I forget that he's always there you know Mm -hmm. and so when I take time to just get out and realize who he is and not come to him with a want Mm-hmm. But just thanking him, it truly changes my perspective. And how often do we come with a want or a complaint or a need? I mean, it's right. it's so much easier to yeah. do that. Like that's it's so a, easy. That's usually when I'm reminded to come to God versus yeah. to be grateful. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's very much in line. I love hearing you say that because it makes me think of it in a different way. But it's really kind of the same thought process of I'm a fixer. So there's an issue, I'm going to fix it. If there's something that needs to be done, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a pastor at a church, but there's so many times that I don't even stop to think to ask God in the middle of it because mm-hmm. I'm doing it. I'm right. in my own world. I'm yeah. trying to fix it. And I think that's something that I'm definitely learning in this season is God's like, can you just stop and talk to me without an agenda, mm-hmm. without a need, without a, can you just be with me? And um, there was a book, um, Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. Mm-hmm. 
he talks about, you know, walking into the throne room of God. And if you were there and you saw God in his vastness on his throne and there was thunder and lightning and angels singing and you were before, like you were before mm -hmm. God himself, like, what would you say? And it's just such a humbling thing, you know, and I just think one, thank you. But two, I'm sorry. Like I missed yeah. it. Like there's so many things I missed that you mm -hmm. just had right in front of me. Um, so just thinking through things like that, really going to God without an agenda, without him needing to fix something or hear me in some way, but just being and with him is a big deal. Um, and then another thing I've noticed is when me and my husband are on the same page towards something, um, I feel it there too. Like mm -hmm. him going from accounting to being a police officer when he's in his forties, like that was a big risk. That was a big prayer for us. And it was, you know, a two or three year prayer that we had. And mm -hmm. I felt very close to God and very close to him. Um, in instances where we were, you know, a united front praying um, for something and um, with our son and his asthma, who's one and has asthma, you know, us being on a united front and praying for that. I definitely feel God in those moments in our family. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So what do you guys do whenever you're faced with questions or doubt? Like what's your go-to? I think I kind of think like you girls have been saying, like you remind yourself of what he's already brought you through. Like that usually whatever I'm dealing with is kind of small potatoes compared to the, some of the things that he's already done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to constantly be reminded. Or even just the Bible. Like even if you haven't been through very dramatic things, there's some cool stories. Mm -hmm. This is still not, you know, you're still not the center of the universe. He's got mm -hmm. it. I think I've had a bad habit of just having a blind faith a lot of times of just like, well, you don't question, you just believe because right. the Bible said it and yeah. it's real. And I know my mom's challenged me multiple times of, well, you look into it. Like you have your belief because you have it, not because your dad and I right. told you to have it or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'm just like, well, it just says it so that I just don't even think about it. I mm -hmm. just trust that God is God. And mm -hmm. I think we miss part of the journey um, when we don't dive in, mm -hmm. you know, and figure things out and ask questions. Yeah, it's okay to ask questions. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's what I've learned just walking through different seasons, either personally or with friends. It's like, God is big enough for our questions, and mm -hmm. He is big enough to give the answer. And right. so I don't think that He, I don't think He's mad or frustrated. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think people don't ask questions because they think that that's right. how it'll be. So, um, first, I love the panel, you girls, like that. Mm -hmm. We come to each other all the time, and I love that. Um, I also just love my husband. We have very different perspectives on things. Um, how we take in information is so different, and so he is so wise, and I can just ask him, and we're, we'll wrestle together because we'll look at things so differently a lot of times, and so he is a great one when mm -hmm. I have questions and just need a different perspective. It's always interesting how the, the fellas bring a different perspective. My husband's yeah. the same way. I will think that I have looked at a situation from every angle or a scripture or whatever, and I'll mention it to him, and he immediately has some thought that's pure wisdom on it. I'm like, man, I didn't even see that. No. So speaking of marriage, I think it is so important, and it's this beautiful relationship in scripture described as a mysterious illustration of how Christ loves the church. Um, but marriage is also hard work, and it's not easy, and right now divorce rates are skyrocketing, and I know that we all know people that are facing different battles, and so how do you protect and fuel that relationship? And again, I'm not assuming that it's perfect for all of us, because of course it isn't, but it is something that's worth protecting and worth investing in. So what are some things that you guys do to lean into that? I actually just read in my reading plan this morning was talking about, um, 
I think the topic is just on leadership, but they were saying that your entire ministry, whatever that may be, and everybody has one, hinges on your marriage. And if you really think of it that way, if your marriage falls apart, everything that you get to do and the rest of that gets halted. You know, and, you, you, and everybody's heard lots of stories about pastors who, you know, are unfaithful in some way, but think of the, the fallout after that. Even if it's not just being unfaithful to each other, even if it's just neglecting your spouse you still, everything else stops, like what you're doing with your kids, everything else, they're watching, you know, every part of that is tied to your marriage, so it puts a lot of perspective on making time for that. I think the weirdest thing that we do um, is just to change it up, you know, like it's so easy to be like a roommate and a co-parent and a business partner because you're doing all these things together, Mm -hmm. you're having, you know, basically planning meetings, Mm -hmm. I feel like, a lot, but on dates or even just after the kids go to bed, we try to just play a new game or ask a question you've never asked or eat, go eat somewhere we've never been like a new adventure something that kind of brings a little more spontaneity to it maybe Spice it up. yeah just something that will throw you out of your normal thought pattern like something that'll make it feel more this is important yeah. <laughs> this is important to me right even if none of the rest has ever happened this well, is you have still... to make it important you have to yes. make it priority and I know it's so easy in our society like for our kids or jobs to be like little gods to where we'll drop everything to do to finish to meet that deadline Mm -hmm. or to meet our child's needs and of course our children have very urgent needs and so sometimes they might take priority in the moment Mm -hmm. but if we don't ever get a sitter or never set aside time after the kids go to bed then you wake up 18 years later and it's like you know people think what do we have in common and so I think and again I'm, I'm not saying that I have it all together but just that it's a constant fight that's worth it you know so what are some challenges you faced in the past and how have you gotten through them hmm Micah was unemployed last year for a few months that was super fun and I know nobody's ever like wanted that to happen and even if you were financially set it's just tense and awkward and I know all of us take some pride in job description so when you take that away you like kind of have to figure out that you're still a person and that you still matter and I remember having to remind him a lot and he never you know said this but I would say you know that we all respect you and love you if you don't have a job like nothing nobody's opinion around here has changed in the slightest and God will work this out I think honestly we had a lot more deep talks about faith during that than any other time you know like you just don't ask those questions unless you're really feeling burned mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit desperate, like, okay, I mean, we're not going to go hungry, but everything that we've been saving is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to have to do something now. And God provided. Of course he did. Yeah. But it was a while. <laughs> it was. I, th- I think, I know he intentionally does that sometimes, is let you, let you come to him a little more, let you realize where these things come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think our, um, beginning of our marriage was a doozy like we were a little older when we got married um, very separate personalities very different um, and so we went to counseling actually very very early on um, and we decided together that this is something that you know is important to us and our marriage is important to us and it's worth fighting for and so um, I know a lot of people are a little hesitant about that but that's probably the best decision mm, we've smart. ever made no, um, is doing that and it's just having a third party listen to you and give you wisdom and because we're both Willing to learn, you know, mm-hmm. and willing to change and just needed kind of... key. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah, yeah, just needed some guidance in doing that. And so um, now forward to this season um, with Brad being a police officer, 
you know, just finished his first year, it just, it comes with its own challenges and own um, difficulties. I don't mm -hmm. think I know half of the difficulties that he deals with and sees. Um, and it's something we're going to be intentional about now going forward is um, going together, making sure we're processing through his job and what's going on. And um, the fact that he's gone four or five nights a week, you know, mm -hmm. and I have the baby by myself and whole new respect for single moms. Like I just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. don't mm -hmm. know how you guys do it, but you are definitely super woman for sure. Amazing. And so it's just something that we found has been very, very healthy um, for us and something we actually look forward to yeah. um, doing together. Um, and it's just time to get to concentrate on each other and learn a little bit. I usually told Brad, I was like, I learn a lot about you when you talk to our counselor, <laughs> like things mm -hmm. that you might not yes. always say or process to me or even think about. Oh, yeah. We don't even know what to ask sometimes. Yeah. 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 And so it's just a, so there's definitely, you know, been challenges we're both hard-headed um and we know that about each other but I think that's one of the big ways we got through it was just being willing to fight for it and um mm -hmm. seeking counseling to do it it's so good so good what I think about is when Ken Vaughn first um came on to staff at Life Church I remember I'm like in front of the mirror like getting ready and he was like babe you want to go to Florida I'm like yes let's go on vacation I'm on maternity <laughs> leave and he was like well um <laughs> So, it could be a vacation. We could definitely have some fun, but we're going to interview for a position in Wellington, Florida. And I was like, huh, I have a good job. Like, do you know who I am? <laughs> I am not leaving my job. I'm the queen so, so here. you're going. Yeah, like, so are you going to Florida by yourself? And so, um, we went there, and it was just like, we knew that that's what we were supposed to do for that mm -hmm. season. And I remember that he left six months before I did because I finished up some things with my job. So I was here with a three-month-old baby, mm -hmm. taking care of that three-month-old baby while Ken Vaughn was in Florida. And what's funny is the way the devil, like, plays jokes with your mind. I'm, like, up nursing, and I'm like, I bet Ken Vaughn's just having the time of his life. And I'm <laughs> up with this baby, you know, that's what I'm thinking, and I'm sure he probably wasn't <laughs> miserable, but he was getting eight hours of sleep regardless, so yeah, there's yeah, that, yeah. and then I just, I felt like he was trying to figure out his job, so, and I guess I didn't understand it, because I'd never seen him on staff here, so it's like, so what do you mean you're tired after working eight, sat or, eight or six services on a Sunday, what are you tired from serving Jesus, <laughs> you know, and then I'm like, I'm totally right. no, I did say I that, I, I was like, oh, so you're tired from serving Jesus, meanwhile, I'm here feeding this baby, this baby is what your Colden baby. was, yeah, your baby, your baby, your baby. Your baby. Your baby. <laughs> yeah. for the first, like, six months, Colden was your child, um, he received his name when we moved right. to Florida in That December. would break a lot of people, though. It, it was. was so hard, because he was my best friend, yeah. you know, it's like, how do I not tell him about my day, or when we would start talking, the baby would start crying, and I'm like... Mm. Guess you gotta go now, don't you? You know, and I just remember that. And then um, it's little bitty things like that that helped me to realize that you have to be intentional with your marriage because mm -hmm. it's a little bit easier when you're here face to face. Yeah. But when you're apart and you have to still cultivate that relationship, mm -hmm. you finally realize that it takes more than just, I guess, what it would take a day to day. And like yeah. you said, Single moms, I don't even know how they do it. Every woman that is a single mom, mm -hmm. she needs to be celebrated on Mother's mm -hmm. Day, Father's Day, another day for single moms. <laughs> like, I don't know how they do it. But um, I think that that was my biggest challenge. But we did get through it because, once again, 
I say it all the time, like you have to be intentional, but realizing that God is God is the head of it all. Like mm-hmm. the closer you get to God, the closer you are in your marriage. So mm-hmm. for sure. So what have you learned about being a wife or what would you tell like a newlywed couple? What would you say? This is what I've learned. Don't make the same mistakes as me. This is what you need to know. What would you say? Verbalize your expectations. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Good one. Yeah. It, we learned early on, we had the best um, marriage coaches doing our premarital coaching. And they were so incredible because they encouraged us to learn each other's personality. So how we take in information, how do we communicate? Because we do not communicate the same. My husband is an introverted thinker, so he's going to process details Mm -hmm. internally. And I'm going to process a lot of words and emotion out loud. Mm -hmm. And so we're completely opposite. And so it was just so good that they helped us understand, learn how your mate works and be mindful of that. Be respectful of that. Learn how to communicate and then communicate expectation because... Mm -hmm. Um, most times arguments are over unmet expectations expectations. that weren't communicated. Exactly. Every time you have an idea of how it's going to go in your head, whether it be date night or who's going to do the dishes or who mows the lawn or what time dinner is going to be ready. We kind of adopt the habits from our past and our Mm -hmm. upbringing. And so if you don't communicate that, rarely do you have two people who grew up the exact same way and can just get married and never have to talk about how it's supposed to go. And so often we think that we can, that they can read our mind or that I, I communicated it and and really I didn't very well. And so, yeah, unmet expectations or uncommunicated expectations would be mine as well as, um, someone gave us the advice not to say always or never, like you always do this or you Mm -hmm. never do that because really neither of those are true. Right. And so just to try to avoid the temptation because in, in the heat of the moment, you want to throw that out because you want to say what's hurtful or to make your point feel more valid. And it's just not true. Yeah. And also your husband cannot be your all. Like remember when we first married, I was not working and he would come home from work and be done, and I hadn't talked to anyone all day. <laughs> Girls are nodding because you know how this goes. So I've stored up all my words, all my four bajillion words, to tell him about every thought I had all day. And he just, like, you could just see his head spin. And then I would be crushed because he didn't care. He <laughs> You're not, I want you to care more about, you know, dumb things. Just be more compassionate. <laughs> and I, I think at a certain point it just clicked for me that it's, it's, not all on him. That's not everything I need to have in this whole world. God didn't just give you a husband and then walk away. That's not how that works. First of all, you come to God, mm-hmm. but it's okay. You know, you need a bubble. You need other people. You need other outlets. Good Lord, just another friend to hear some of that so that it's yeah. not, you know, it's not all on him. He can't be everything mm-hmm. because nobody can. Yeah. And then I think other couples who you can come mm-hmm. alongside and they can come alongside yeah. you just to back you up when you mm-hmm. need it, you know, and right. to say, I'm going to show up on your front porch if you guys need it. I remember being in life group when we were newly married and I feel like all of us were kind of in that newly married phase and we came a little bit early to your house and you said something to me like, Derek and I just have like a little tiff. 
And we're like, oh, this is good. This is good. Because we never see the jewels. Like, we never right. think the jewels fight. Who so doesn't jewel like, with that? I'm like, oh, this is good. And, and then it but also brought me comfort. Like, because every time we see Derek, all I think mm. of is like, babe. Like, that's what I think of. Like, he's so sweet and loving. And I was just so happy to, to realize, like, we are healthy every because we've had a little tip. <laughs> but at that time, I probably wouldn't have any tips. I'd probably have a little bit more. But other than that, I love that. So I think a life group. Or like you said, a group of people that are in that same area of life with you that you can bounce off situations with. And then Mm -hmm. on top of your expectations, what really helps Ken Von and I would be the love language. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the whole time... I'm showing love to Ken Von in ways that I feel like I'm being loved. He feels nothing. And of course, he's like showing me love in the way that he feels. And I'm like... Using all ways. You never tell me you love me. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, but I do all of this. And I'm like, oh, so yeah. your love language is the, right. Words. Exactly. So that's how we kind of realized love time. language is big for marriage. Learn them immediately. Okay, so marriage, please know, whoever's listening, that we're not trying to say that we have all the answers or that we are experts. We're just saying this is what we do. This is where we've struggled. This is where we've learned. So parenting, let's talk motherhood. So what do you guys think is some of the best things and the hardest things about being a mama? Our best and our hardest right now is when kids repeat you. (laughs) Sometimes very good and sometimes revealing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you want to be a good example to your kids, but we all have just terrible, ridiculous habits that you sometimes aware of, sometimes you're not. And then they do them, and you're like, oh, <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> Don't say that to anybody but me. And also, I need to work on some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to both quit. We're going to both quit doing that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the hardest things is just that you love them so much, and then... I think there's a fear that comes with that of just you want to protect them and Mm -hmm. that's out of our jurisdiction. Ken Von said, the hardest thing about being, um, well, at first I said, babe, it's so hard being a mom. And he was like, no, it's hard being a mom with really close friends who are moms. And when he said that, Mm -hmm. I was like, that is so true because I remember when I had Colden, everybody in our life group had a baby like around that time. It was every two weeks there was a boy that was born and everyone was like, yeah, He's nursing, latched on so easy. It was so fantastic. I'm already in love with him. And I remember thinking, like, I don't even know that I think I'm in love with him. I do love him. I'm having to pump all the time. He's not latching. Like, it's on me. It's kind of just a blob right now. It is, right. I know. And you just compare and you're like, man, she does it so well. She has it all together. And it's so hard because you're doing it right for your baby. But... You're looking in someone else's yard and you're just like, oh, they have it together. Of course they're nursing. Of course this. So that's the hardest Mm -hmm. part is making sure you're doing it great. And then I would also say like managing each child and parenting each child differently because all of my children are so different Mm -hmm. and I'm afraid that... I know we speak about this all the time, but like stifling a gift that God has given Mm -hmm. them because it's hidden inside of something... I don't like right now. Like, you know, a child that's very strong personality is going to be basically like maybe me as a child, someone who has a strong personality. I see that as like, he doesn't listen, but really it's like, he's, he knows how to be the leader and lead a group. And I don't want to 
stifle that yeah. with my parenting. <laughs> Talked about that a lot whenever Holly was a toddler. <laughs> yeah. so. I think right now with Charlotte almost being one, like it's just been that year of first things, first kid, first development. And so um, it's so fun watching just her little personality and trying to figure out like, are you an observer like your dad or are you a busybody and up in the business like your mom? You know, (laughs) which one is it? And um, just watching her right now, she's very independent. And so I don't love messes, but she wants to eat by herself. And if you try to feed her, she's just going to starve. So if she eats by herself, then (laughs) I have a lot of mess to clean up. And it's funny and it's fun, but it's hard. But you just cheer her on and just are watching all the firsts. And so it's so fun. But I think... I think parenting just, it is, it can be so hard. I think right now it's the, those fears. Yeah. Are definitely the hardest part. And just letting like in cat, your very first, um, the podcast she did with Jen, the first time, just letting, mm-hmm. um, myself be reminded that they are gods. Mm-hmm. She is gods. Like she's not mine. I can't hold her with my closed hands and mm-hmm. just, you know, wish away all the bad stuff. And so just asking God to prepare me and let me steward this relationship well. Absolutely. Yeah, I know that's so good. I think I'm a very logical person, so I knew we were going to have kids because that's what you do. Um, (laughs) But I didn't really necessarily want kids. I wasn't excited about it. And so very um, pleasantly surprised on just how much I love that little guy and Mm. just probably the most joy I've had, you know, was being his mom. Watching um, you be a mama to him is I know. one of my Brings me joy. joy. I know. Yeah. It, People knew me before <laughs> are very surprised by the after. Um, but yeah, I've just loved it. But yeah, I think it's the same as the fear and just the weight. I mean, even in the hospital the first day we had him and the nurse left and he had a dirty diaper and I looked at Brad and I'm like, is that us? <laughs> are we on? Are we on? Like, are we, are they going to show us how to do it? Are they not passing the baton or anything? Come <laughs> on. Like, it was just us and now we're responsible for this child. And I remember thinking and praying like, Lord, man, I got to show him you. Like, how do I do that? Like, I don't know how to teach a kid Jesus. Like, how, so I went like found all these kids books and what does it say? Like Easter, I had an Easter kids book and I was reading it, trying to figure out how to explain. Cause I'm so black and white and I just used to adults. Yes. And I talk in adult terms and I talk to kids in adult terms. And so mm-hmm. it's just learning how to talk and teach. And I've actually watched you Jen a lot with your kids mm-hmm. um, and how you interact with them and just yeah. your patience um, mm-hmm. with them and their, the teachable spirit. And Brad and I've actually talked about that a lot of how do we teach, you know, and not, punish out of anger and I'm sure we'll have our moments when those happen but just man we're here to teach you and it's an honor to be able to do that um and then not embrace whenever things don't work out right like when he wasn't sitting up like comparing when other babies were sitting up I'm like what am I doing wrong I'm laying him down too much you need to sit up kid you know or when they crawl or when they walk and it's just Mm -hmm. amazing how God's wired them because they do it Mm -hmm. you know they they just learn and they do and it's fun so Jess, you recently went to Tanzania, and Rach, mm-hmm. you've been, tell me again where you were. Congo. <laughs> the Republic of Congo. <laughs> uh, Impact. <laughs> I almost said the Dominican Republic. <laughs> I was like, if you would have said that, so I would have been able to come back. Right, I was like, <laughs> I didn't go there. I want to go on a mission oh, trip in yeah. the Dominican. <laughs> 
sounds right. <laughs> okay, so you both went overseas and hung out with some families and kids. So what was your takeaway as far as how they parent differently? Like things that you saw like, ooh, I'm glad that we live in America, and things you saw that you thought, man, our kids are spoiled and I wish we did it that way. Was there anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I went with compassion. So we actually went and worked with the survival program, which is moms and their babies. And so it's specifically working with moms. Um, and it just is always perspective when you go overseas, you know, and kind of seeing how they do it. And then the things that I can be frustrated about kind of puts it in a whole new light. Um, yeah. One of the moms I met, Mary, um, for her job, she goes and she pounds rocks together into dust eight hours a day. And so if someone else can make concrete out of it and she gets a dollar a day to do that. And that's how she has two kids and that's the money she has um, in order to feed her kids and keep her family alive. And so that just puts, you know, any issues or problems I have, not that they're not real to me, um, but it does put in perspective of just, you know, some Mm -hmm. of the blessings we do have and not taking things for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as far as the moms, they were, you know, a lot of them look the same, you know, like everything, they discipline their kids, like we disciplined our kids and, you know, they loved on them. And, um, another, the big things that we learned, that's just an educational piece that Compassion's kind of doing is that, um, babies, there's a lot of cognitive development within their first year. And um, some places overseas, they just don't know that. So Mary's working, pounding rocks, trying to make a living, but she's not singing to her baby and playing with her baby because right now she's in survival mode. She doesn't right. know that that's right. what she needs to do. Um, but there actually is places of the brain that don't develop and actually dies off um, whenever they're not de- when it's not developed over that first year. And I've kind of told the story of my dad had a massive stroke a couple years ago, and on his brain scan, there's all these white parts that shows where the brain's dead, and they've done studies, and and some of these babies in third world countries, like there's white spots on their brains where it was just never developed because of simple education. And so, um, you know, that's a new thing for me with singing to Colt. You know, I remember that sometimes, and he was in the car today fussing and mad and um, and I had the radio on and he's still fussing and I turned it off and I just started singing to him, which is poor kid. I can't sing, Aww. but you know, he stopped crying, you know, and he kind of started Aww. laughing and cooing and, and it did remind me of that That's a little so bit sweet. of just, you know, what a blessing it is to sing your kid, but also what that does when you stop what you're doing and play with your child or teach them something. And so those are a couple of the things that I, I saw. That's good. Man, I hope I sang to my kids enough. <laughs> <laughs> off key or not, sing to your kids. What about you, Rach? Was there anything that stood out to you? You know, I actually, it was one thing that was very similar. And so we went um, and we were with um, a a group that talked about microfinance. And so um, families, they would get money together and they would get a loan as a big group and as a big community. And they would start um, businesses and then they would pay back loans together And so I love the aspect of community, but it was so cool because every person that we talked to, probably nine out of 10 of the families, they talked about, I want to leave a legacy. I'm doing this for my kids and their Mm. future. I want to, I want them to see their mom or dad work hard. Mm. I want them to know that they can do it. I want them to have a future that I didn't have before when I was their age. And so it was really neat, honestly, to be in a different country mm-hmm. and just see the same heartbeat. It's universal. It's universal and see just the impact that they wanted to leave on their kids and just the desire. Now as a parent, Zach and I talk about that all the time. Like what can we do today that will help Charlotte later? Whether that be 
okay, she's almost one. We need to be very intentional about praying with her, not just in front of her now. And what does it look like for her to understand praying before dinner or at bedtime or the conversations we have? We sit down at the table together. What legacy can we leave her? What savings account can we start for her now? And, you know, and it was the same. The the level mm-hmm. of um, just care and concern for the kids and their future, future was so the same. I love that. That is yeah. interesting. So we're all involved in ministry in one way or another. So what's something you see consistently that you wish other people knew? You know, being in ministry, and I, I think this is, I think this applies to people in ministry who work in full-time ministry, but I love what Kat said earlier. Everybody has a ministry. You're yes. called mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have actually, I've seen it more and more, I think, because I'm just now, it's what God's revealing in me. And um, so I'm working through, um, as an employee and as a follower of Christ and as a wife and a mom, just something that, um, is called imposter syndrome. And I had no idea that there was a name to this thing that I felt. Um, but it just, the imposter syndrome is talking about, um, just this fear of being exposed, the, this fear of being, um, feeling like you're a fraud. And so I've seen it like in Mm -hmm. myself lately, but as I talk about it with other people, like they're like, Oh my gosh, I struggle with that too. Mm -hmm. And so whether it be in ministry or whether it be people, um, on staff, people walking through the doors of our church, sitting around table, talking to your friends, you know, the kids that play soccer together and their moms, I think that there's a fear of not being enough in whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. I loved it. My boss the other day, he was like, okay, so this fear of being exposed of what? (laughs) So what if somebody finds out you aren't as strong in something that you thought you were. So what if somebody finds out you aren't the parent that you want to be? Like that's an opportunity for God to work and refine you to be more of who he created you to be. And so that's what I'm seeing a lot lately is just, I think that fear in people of being found out Mm -hmm. of whatever that it is, just not feeling enough and thinking that somebody's going to find out. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's harder? Like, do you feel like that you can sometimes feel like more a fraud with the people closest to you because you just want to be genuine and authentic? Or do you feel like it's just with everybody? Um, I wouldn't say, um, I feel like, especially like this, I have really great relationships in the panel. Mm -hmm. Um, in our life group right. that Latanya's talked about. And so God has blessed us with incredible relationships that we can truly as a family, as individuals, be yourself, be ourselves. Like they know good, bad, ugly. They can call us on the carpet of good, bad, ugly. So it's not really that I feel like, um, so, but I see that with other people mm-hmm. for sure. But for me in particular, I think it's in the area of, um, just leadership and being on staff at a church and, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I, they're going to wake up one day and realize they shouldn't have hired me, you know? And so, um, for me right now, you've been on staff for how long? (laughs) Right. But I still think like, no, how long? For real. About 10 and a half years. Right. Um, but it's just, it is, it's like, I'm not. I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. So for me, that's the area, but I think I see it so often in like what you're describing, it's the comparison game. Those yes. closest to us, we don't <clears throat> want them to know X, Y, Z, whatever that is. We don't want people to know. And that could be those closest to us. It could be our family. It could be strangers. 
that we're trying to impress at the gym that don't matter that, you know, so I see it in a lot of areas, but for me right now, it's probably more in work Mm -hmm. and ministry Mm -hmm. and what, you know, God is wanting to do. I think we all have a picture of who a pastor is and it's some, somebody you probably didn't know that well, you know, like it's this picture of them and their perfect family and they're always smiling and it's obviously just real people doing real work for God in a messy world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing more. It's true. I think that's something that I see a lot that I would just want other people to know, and something that I try to apply to my own life is just that secrets destroy your life, mm-hmm. and that where you can just be honest, that heals, that brings healing when things are brought into the light. And this is so obvious; it's not a new thing, and it's very biblical, of course. But I mean, whatever is hidden in the dark will rot and kill you and things that are brought out to the light, then that's when they can heal. And so I think even just in my own life, in every area, just thinking, okay, what does it mean, you know, to be a person of integrity? What does it mean to not have secrets? Even if they're like teeny tiny, itty bitty, dumb things that don't even matter, just calling them out, whether it's with friends or with my husband or kids even, you know, and just trying to be as open as possible. I think that's something that God's continually working in me on, um, because I see it so often. Mm -hmm. I think your husband, Jen Derrick's, you know, has said a lot that Satan wants to get you on an Island Mm -hmm. and when he can, you know, that's where he has the most power over you. Mm -hmm. If you have other people come alongside you and are feeding into you and encourage you or just walking through it or just crying with you or laughing Mm -hmm. with you, that there's just so much power to that. So just encourage people that are in that spot and whether it's something that maybe a secret you're holding or you're just in a rough season, you know, it's just important, I think, to not be on an island and then to recognize when you are and that Satan is the one that's wanting you to mentally Mm -hmm. be there. Right. And I think when we know that, it's a lot easier to kind of combat. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, so what are you reading or listening to? Maybe books, podcasts, sermons, something that you've loved in the past, something that you would recommend now, something that you're reading right now. What do you like? I'm reading... I should be embarrassed. Are you reading Present Over Perfect again? No, no, I'm not. But that's still my it's my life book. Hmm. But so Present Over Perfect probably kind of spiraled all of this because Jenny Collier had that post on her Facebook that said, like, living a great life is getting rid of things and people that hmm. get on your nerves. And so then hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> so then I started, I read the Present Over Perfect and I started reading, and then somehow I started getting into this whole like Parisian women kind of have this mindset of living everyday life with joie de vivre, a joy of life. And so Ooh, say it again. Joie de vivre. That's <laughs> so I got three kids. No. I like it. Um but <laughs> just kidding. So um, <laughs> maybe so. So um I've started reading these Madame Chic books and it's speaking about like how not having everything, like wanting everything, but loving what you have. Mm. And I realized that I'm a person that can just get stuff and fill my life with stuff, people, and time that I don't need. Mm. And then you start to lose the value in it. And so I'm slowly trying to rid my life of the clutter, whether it be time or people or things that just truly aren't bringing me joy. And what I also know, those things are 
a few of the things that are keeping me from my quiet time that I'm having. And so right. I've been reading all three of them and I I love them. So they're the Madame Chic series. Hmm. That's fun. I want you to pass on all the tips to us. To no, you have to read the book. Look at you want me to pass down tips. You have to read the book. You know what? I have sent you notes <laughs> for things so many times. I know. I can't even say anything. I remember you left. I left here with like a book of recipes. I can't. I owe you. <laughs> Um, a book I'm reading, almost done with, is actually it's called How to Improve Your Marriage Without Talking About It. Um, for an introvert, that's an awesome, awesome title. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like the love and respect book, um, but it talks about how men operate out of an insecurity um, and shame and how women operate a lot of times out of fear. And you might not put the label to it as that, or you might not think, oh, I'm fearful but when you read it and you really dive into it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I felt unstable in that time or I felt unsure. And that all kind of goes back to a base of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the guy side and how they operate a lot of times out of shame, it just gave me a lot of context um, into Brad. And I feel like I didn't tell him I was reading it, but was trying to make some changes. And he actually noticed and he said, hey, you know, you've been doing great at this and that. And I thought, because this makes sense to me now. And so it's just one of those things that... Good for him for actually expressing yeah, that. Yeah, that. <laughs> You get like he's a in sticker. Yes, yeah, yeah. he notices things, and so she's great about that. But anyway, so that's been a really um, good book and very insightful for hmm. me. Anytime you can kind of understand, um, you know, yeah. your significant other better, it always helps. And so since we are wired so differently and we think so differently, it's been a big eye opener for me. And and it even talks about ways that different ways you can shame your husband and I was embarrassed by the amount of things on that list mm. I was like oh yeah I, I interrupt him or oh yeah I, you know I, you know, I asked him to do something but then I just do it myself if he doesn't do it and I'm mm. like oh man and so those are that list of some of the things that I'm working on doing and um, it's been really good sounds good I need to read it yeah Jen what are you reading um, so I picked up Bittersweet at the library the other day that is also Shauna Nequist yeah. and it's really good um, I like it a lot we're library people, obviously. I get four hundred dollar fines. Yeah, so take it back. Yeah. And then another one I recently read from the library is I picked up Hiding in the Light by Rifka Berry. And then another book that I just really love that I would recommend to anyone is Anything by Jenny Allen. I read it several years ago and I've reread it since then. And it's where um, she and her husband they just pray a really bold prayer of God, we will do anything. Like that's a really hard to pray um and of course I'm sure it wasn't without trembling that they did it but anyway that's always just stuck with me as far as my heart really is it's kind of a well check on my heart of where am I because really a lot of the time I'm God I'll do anything but not that or that or that or that and so anyway it's a really good one but speaking of Shauna I just bought her um she has a devotional and it's called savor and it's a daily devotional and I just started in the middle. It's with dead. recipes, right? Yes. So I started in the middle of the year because I love like fresh beginnings. So June first is like the beginning of the second half of the year. So like everything I've done before doesn't even matter. It's basically a new year. So um, I started that last week, and it's really good as well. Yes, it has recipes in it. I cooked them all, not at all, but it's a really good book. It's really good. Mm. Well, thank you, panel for answering all my questions today. I appreciate you guys being here. Happy to. Thanks for having us. Taking a night to come eat Mexican food and chat at the messy table. Well, thank you again for taking time out of your busy life to pop in those earbuds and join us. 
wherever you are right now, I hope you know that there's a God who's real, who created your inmost being, and who's crazy about you. And if you feel like you're missing that village element in your life, it's not too late. Yeah, you might have to step out and ask some people to coffee, or start a text thread where you say, hey, I'd love to pray for you. What are you going through? You can start somewhere. Just know it won't be perfect and it might be messy, but for me, that's even better. All right, don't forget, you can catch up on the other nine episodes whenever you want. They're free, and I'm bound and determined to keep them ad-free as well. So if you get a chance and don't mind taking a few extra minutes, go to the messy table in iTunes and leave a quick rating and review. That actually allows other women to find these conversations more easily and helps us spread the word. So that pretty much wraps it all up. Remember as you go about your week, gather your own tribe of people around your own messy table and see what God does.